Hello and welcome to the Morbius Minute, the only podcast that's one minute long and delves into the intricacies of the TV show, series, nope, movie, Morbius. I'm Spencer Crittenden and I am joined today by Kevin Day to talk about the movie Morbius. Last time we uh, talked Morb, Kevin hadn't seen the show, but it's been so long that there's no way he didn't have time to watch it. So... Without further ado, and I won't be talking for the rest of the Morbius Minute, it's Kevin Day. Uh, Hey, everybody. So I have not yet watched Morbius because I'm kind of enjoying the memes as is, uh, not having any context whatsoever because I feel like that's funnier. So, no, I I have not yet watched Morbius. Do you you think it's time I should, Spencer? Uh, the the camera stuck on me and halfway through your talk and i was like would it be funny if i started like talking like it was supposed to be you you know like that was it was your voice coming out of my mouth i don't think it made any sense i don't know i i i was focused on that so what was your question i'm sorry so i was i was not watch or i have not yet watched morbius because i thought i was enjoying the memes and the just the internet culture behind it without actually having any context but i feel like maybe it's time now that i have seen it do you do you agree with that we, we I, I agree with you're a fool. You're a freaking fool for not watching Morbius. Are you kidding me? Um, anyway, uh, so Morbius is back in theaters. You guys it was in the theaters all weekend. Uh, I don't know when it'll be back, but after you finish the podcast or hell, you know, fuck it, turn off the podcast. Just go, go, go see Morbius in theaters right now. You know, add to that $85,000 box office for the weekend. <laughs> really exciting stuff um uh so i mean people have talked about this but whatever fucking this is the problem with hollywood kevin they they have no vision they don't have a, a single fucking clue no one has a single fucking clue between them all these people and it's not everywhere in hollywood but it's certainly at sony and certainly at Sony's movie division and stuff, they are just, they are without a clue. They don't know what they're doing. They just, all they can do is hope to uh, catch some cheap heat and then go, let's just do this for the end of the time. You know, it's it's the stupidest people making the stupidest decisions possible. And I won't even credit them with that because like, or uh, with the, with the Morbius stuff, because like, you got to believe that there's just some guy at the, at the office who's like, Hey, check out these memes, you know? And then some executives was like, Oh my God, what did we do wrong? Morbius must be so much bigger than we thought. Like, how could these memes all possibly be ironic? Uh, side note, what is a human being? Like, what are people? I don't understand any of these things, but clearly people want Morbius. So we gotta, we gotta give the people what they want. The most, I can't, I can't believe it. And it's just like, I don't know. I just was listening to a podcast. They were talking about, uh, they're talking about how successful gamblers uh have have skin in the game and like i don't think these these executives have skin in the game like it's like it's not their backs when when things succeed or fail because all they do is give notes and then they can just scapegoat whoever they want for what ultimately amounts to their own decision making for something that barely affects them and like i think that's how you get situations like this you just like you know like uh what's his name uh the, 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 the twist master you know m light shaman 
<laughs> he he started like self-financing his movies because he needed to feel that he had skin in the game because there is just like when it is your own neck on the line you will make decisions differently because it's not like well why don't you go try this and come back to me it's like no I'm going to die. Like this is my house that I mortgaged to make this movie. You know, having skin in the game, I think, changes your decision-making process. It, it really, it, it completely changes. You know how you approach an issue, even if you don't feel like it does. But I think that that's like a big problem with uh, Sony and these movie executives. Certainly had something to do with Morbius. Uh, none of the people who said gotta go back in theaters would have anything to gain or lose from it. You know, it's just they'll still get paid. They'll still have jobs. I, I, I looked like you wanted to say some stuff. Kevin, you want to go off? Well, no, I, I was just curious. Like, how do you think a movie like The Room would be different if Tommy Wiseau had not self-financed it? Like, you know, taking what you're, you're bringing to, to a little bit further, how, you know, would movies like that have come out differently? Uh, no, a movie like that can't come out through the studio system. They would be like, well, this is a crazy guy. He doesn't belong in this room. Please leave. And that would be the end of it. Like, I mean, yeah, like I, I think there's, you know, obviously it's good to, to work around the system because the system is designed to, uh, you know, punch out anything interesting. And it turns out that people like interesting things. They don't like, you know, the kinds of things that studio executives think are interesting, like because those people. I, I don't know who it was. I'm sure the person was really good and nice, but it was just, he was one of these suit level people. I think this guy was actually good. Like, I don't remember him being a shithead or anything, but uh, he was like, you know, I'm really interested in infused waters. And it's like, fucking, you can't be tastemaking in Hollywood if like your passion is infusing waters with fruit at, in your home. Like that's so far removed from like normal. And that's the thing. Those people will get in the room and say like, what about medical middle America? It's like, motherfucker, you make infused water. That's what you think is fun. It's like, you don't understand anything about any rational human being. Like you think this is like a good way to spend your time. Like you think, I, I don't know. It's just, you have to be so far removed. Uh, to, to do, I don't know. And if you like infused water, it's just fine. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like the, the idea that's like, hey, man, <laughs> you know that water, what you get in the hotels? I've decided that's my passion. Like, that's just such a weird, you know, I love the water at the hotels. It's great. I don't, you know, I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, I'm going to steal a joke for Twitter. This is this is Spencer's stolen joke from Twitter. Um, moment but uh so this is actually it's not a, even a joke it's it's actually serious uh but it's serious morbius facts and that's for more the for the movie morbius um jared leto spent 15 years preparing for the role um of you know michael morbius and if you want to know more about this just google jared leto 15 year old for more information and that joke was stolen by at meat experience who was referencing uh jared leto's pedophilia uh so yeah you know that's a fun format of joke where you say something like, you know, innocuous, and then you give Google search terms that that reveal a terrible truth. Like, um, oh, you know, like policing such a dangerous job that police say 
that you know they they think in any given situation there's roughly a 50 percent chance they could die google police 50 percent for more information and if you do that you know you'll probably find the statistic uh more than 50 percent of cops are guilty of domestic abuse so you know it's it's that's the kind of thing it's like this and that's why it's not like a joke i mean it is it's like speaking of jokes have you guys heard about these murder vans <laughs> these chinese murder vans that's a that's a thing that I think people take very glibly and it's like I don't know it is it has become a joke um because it's so crazy but when I was talking about it in the beginning I was like no this is crazy shit they're fucking they're killing people in vans without a trial and then they're harvesting their organs it's like that's what Chinese murder vans were it's not a joke I wasn't bringing it up to uh you know to be like, this is so hilarious to me. I fucking love this shit, you know? But anyway, I don't know, man. Uh, I've talked a lot in the two minutes we've been live, but I don't I don't know that I have a lot to say on a podcast, you know? I, I, I've been in a bad mood. Bad mood all week. Terrible mood. Don't want to talk about it. But what I do want to talk about is we had Rob on the show last week. Very great episode. Thank you so much to Rob for coming on the show especially after his recent bout with uh, COVID. And yeah, so because of Rob's recent bout with COVID, I did not want to have contact with him, but I did want him to try sodas on the show. So I was like, hey, I'll drop some sodas by your house. I'll put them on the porch or whatever the fuck, you know, whatever. It'll be great. And then you can try the sodas on the show. It'll be funny. And, you know, it was pretty good. It was, you know, I don't know, the, the soda tasting thing. It's not about them being good. It's about it's a passion of mine. And I explore this passion. But, you know, so he was like, hey, you should hang out. And I'm like, well, I'm afraid of COVID. And you just had COVID. And he's like, hey, you know, whatever. It's fine. We could hang out outside or wear a mask, whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want, I'll probably just drop the drinks off of your house. But, I don't want to say he pressured me because I don't think it was too much pressure or whatever, but I think he pitched the idea a few times. And then, you know, when, uh, when I got to the house, uh, Kate was out there out front um, and she like waved me down and I was going to drop off the sodas, but they're like, oh, let me show you the house and stuff. And so they showed me around the house and then I ended up staying outside of Kate's backyard or Rob and Kate's backyard. And um, I was talking to Kate for a while and Rob was just in the house. Um, he We talked about it a little bit, but he was he was kind of hiding in the house wearing a mask because of COVID. Uh, he was worried, which is good, you know, so good that it's like, that's why I don't want to come in the first place. It's like, you know, it's even better, even more safe is just not having contact, uh, which has been my MO for the whole pandemic. It served me pretty well. Um, my my backup before i landed on morbius my backup intro show pitch was going to be like hello and welcome to the last of us the show about the people who haven't yet got covid you know and then i would like tell kevin to fuck off because he's a pretender he actually did get covid so he doesn't have anything to say on the show you know uh, but morbius it, it's good it was probably a better move um speaking of morbius I I said some stuff I regret on the last Mor Morbius cast, uh, which was I said they had this insane line um, that was the line was uh, the girls who was talking about how she accessed Morbius's computer and she was like, please, you know, my your my first instinct is to bite back is your password to everything. And that's not what is said in the movie uh, it, the cam rip i watched was really poor quality the sound quality was really bad and so i did not hear correctly 
but it sounded so clear to me that I was like, this is an insane thing. And I never questioned it, but I should have questioned it because it was such an insane thing. The problem was the whole movie's so fucking batshit insane that like it didn't even leap out at me, oh, but it did, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have remembered it and brought it up. But it didn't strike me as like crazy strange, but I, I re-listened to it and in a, in a better rip of the movie. And what she actually says is, you know that the last or the first six digits of pi backwards is your password to everything. The first six digits of pi backwards. So, you know, he's supposed to be the super smart scientist guy. And that's like this really stupid, fucking terrible reference to like something that seems smart, which is, do you know the, the first three, di- like, what are, what, what are the digits of pi? What, what can you remember? 3.141 five six nine and that's as far as i can go yeah i think it's three so if we go if we start at the decimal which i assume they did it's yeah three point one four one five nine six two or two six i think it's six two uh um but but so those are like that's really basic like smart people know like literally hundreds of decibel points of pi you know their contests to recite them and stuff but like the idea he's so smart he knows the first six digits of pi and can and can put them in reverse order for his password like it just is such a miss um but it's not as insane as what i thought it was which honestly makes the movie worse it's way better of a movie if his password for everything is my first instinct is to always bite back i think that's a really good password to put on all your secret morbius files anyway so i was talking to kate outside uh rob was hiding uh we were both wearing masks um and it was fine you know but when i got when i was leaving for the night i was like i every every fucking day you guys i get these allergies i don't know if they're allergies maybe i do have COVID. the tests say no but my heart says yes but you know uh, for the past like months i've been having allergy symptoms you know very very mild um stuffy nose not even runny nose or anything mild sore throat and every day i'm like oh it's not just the same symptoms i've had for the past few months i get covid this time and so when i left the house i was like really freaking out that i got covid uh because i was having the exact same symptoms and it turned out to be fine um until rob texted me is like oh my god i'm so sorry i tested positive for covid again and i was like rob you said when you were on the podcast that you were at a party and he didn't even respond to that like but he said like at some point he's like i gotta get back to this party and like i was like even at the time i was like why you just had coat you're at a party like that's insane and um and obviously you know i was a little bit miffed that i was like oh wow he infected me i'm dying you know um but so far i haven't tested positive i like i said i was wearing my n95 mask they were wearing kn95 masks probably fine i trust my n95 mask with my life man i have a bunch of them and i will say they're not in a shortage anymore you can just buy these you could buy them at home depot you can buy them on amazon and do it just buy it they're so comfortable they're so protective it's so great. It's so great to be all like, I have the shit that the doctors had when they were dealing with the hot zone, you know, of, of COVID in the COVID emergency rooms and stuff. This is what they had. I guess sometimes they had face shields too, whatever. But 
you know, these are the masks that those guys stayed safe with. And I can just wear those now. There's not like a weird embargo. There's not a weird shame associated with buying them anymore. You know, you can just buy them and then you could go into places. I, I mean, I know you guys, uh, people listening to this are already going to places like everyone's just fucking back to normal, uh, you know, coughing in each other's faces like we always used to do back in the olden days, um, you know, and, and just laughing and laughing. And and I think I think we could really go back to society as normal if everyone just wore N95 masks. But of course, no one wants to wear a mask, whatever. It's, it's all terrible. But anyway, I was a little miffed, but I was more like, but <laughs> you were at a party why did you even if you thought you were better why is that like come on like just be a little safe and it was kind of funny because in the in the conversation he was saying like oh yeah you know it really really was a wake-up call it was like i guess we can't just go to parties anymore and not wear masks and stuff and it's like if that's what he said to me before we did the podcast and then it's like well yeah you just said you know you just said it was just so weird to me. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's, I feel like I'm being gaslit by the whole world. You know, everyone's like, it's safe. It's safe. And it's not, it's not safe. It's not safe at all. It's uh, it's very dangerous. It's maybe more dangerous than it's ever been. Well, dangerous in the sense of getting COVID, maybe not dangerous in the sense of COVID causes complete organ failure as often as it does. I don't know. But, you know, the other thing is the fucking numbers aren't there anymore. We don't know any of the fucking numbers. They're hiding all this shit now. Like, they used to be doctors would come on and they'd talk about this and people would write articles and be all like, oh, look at this. And they just found out that. And if you eat this, then it's good or whatever. If you, you know, take these horse tranquilizers or whatever the fuck, you know, you're safe. I don't know. You know, but people used to be saying stuff. And now everyone's just like, nah, it's fine. Uh, Callie told me that UCLA Health, uh, which is like, a, you know, a health system uh, uh, confederation of doctors or whatever the fuck they sent her an email that said, good news. COVID is now uh seasonal. Now it's no longer pandemic or whatever. It's, it's become seasonal. It's going to be seasonal in the spring and in the fall. And I was like, no, it's not. People stopped caring in the fall and then everyone got sick again. And then people stopped caring in the spring and everyone got sick again. That's not seasonal. That's that's people stopping caring because the government is failing us and telling us that you can just go out and kill yourself now that's a completely different thing than seasonal like it's not going to go away well i mean who knows maybe it will uh you know i'm not i'm not the arbiter of all of all reality i don't know everything but it could technically go away but it's not going to go away because people just think it's fine now and so everyone's going to get sick delta can't (laughs) Delta was like the airlines that were like, woo, you know, it's uh, in the middle of the flight, uh, it's safe to take off your mask. Delta fucking cancels all its flights constantly uh, now because everyone's fucking sick. All their employees are sick. They, all their pilots are sick. All their flight attendants are sick. Everyone's fucking too sick to, to fly. And they're just like, you know, maybe you should require masks again or something. There's like, no, we're just going to cancel all the flights and also not refund anybody. Like, it's your fault that we did this to ourselves. We are paying you. You are paying the cost of this. Uh, it's all it's all fucking insane. I don't know. No one respects reality anymore. I think that's a big problem is that like Republicans were like, well, reality is not important. What is important is we just say whatever we want and attain power. And then so I think everyone's just like, well, maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe I'm God. Maybe I could just start walking on air. You know, it's like, no, it's not. It's not true. You can manipulate people like that, 
but it doesn't change the reality on the ground. And I don't know. I think we're just like departing further and further from like people just having a basic grasp on reality. And I don't know. It's just hard. You know, uh, it's the cultural signals are, are everyone around us being, being out acting like it's normal sends this kind of cultural signal. You know, I've talked about how animals or how humans are pack animals or creatures. We're social creatures. So we're getting all this social signals that it's safe. And it's really hard as these social herd animal creatures to uh, tune that out and to go like, wait, but the science is saying the opposite because the science isn't a guy. The science isn't, you know, culture around us, uh, you know, suffusing our, our language and sense. The science is just data sitting on a table, you know, and if, if, if people are operating with that science, then it doesn't really have a lot of cultural power. I don't know. It's it's really bad. And there was like a shooting every single day this week. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I don't know. The, the thing is, I, obviously there's been a lot of shootings um, before a lot of them don't get reported and stuff, but these are more like high profile. And also I think in the wake of uh, Uvalde, however you pronounce that, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of increased intention on shootings than there has been, but I just, it's, I think it's really dangerous. Uh, I talked about how, you know, I think this is the civil war. This is just wars. People are just going to commit shootings all the time now, and they're not going to be stopped. And then we're just going to die or not. But like, the thing is like the more, and we already have been, but the more we get desensitized from shooting and, oh, there's another shooting. There's been three shootings today. Oh my God. You know, there's a shooting every day of the week. The more it seems like something that just happens like rain or car accidents or traffic, the more it'll be seen by crazy shitty people as a normal response the more the more it just becomes like oh i'm having a shitty day i guess i'll go commit a shooting like i think before it's like relegated to the far fringes of people that are like uh you know i'm really willing to blow up my life i'm going to go balls to the wall often for political reasons or something i'll write a manifesto whatever but i think as the more it gets kind of normalized in everyday part of our life it's going to be embraced as an everyday option that people you know choose in life and i think that's that's kind of i don't know if it's maybe too early to say that's what's happening now but i think like as as it just keeps being like yeah i mean this is going to keep happening uh, i think people are just going to be like yeah maybe i'll commit a shooting today and that's really bad that that seems like the kind of thing that uh will really have some some strong impacts on the concept of society. I don't know. What do you make of any of this, Kevin? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I still kind of believe that the world is a kind place and people do overall mean well and everything, but it's it's hard to balance that with watching what's happening in the news lately. You know, I think people are, have become more selfish. I feel like, you know, violence tends to breed more violence and the more we focus on it and the more it becomes part of the news cycle, the more people are tempted to do it because they, you know, I think at some level they want that kind of attention. They want right. that level of notoriety, even if it is negative. So, I mean, I feel like we create more of our own problems than there actually are, but I don't know what the fix is for that. You know, there's, there's no way we can tell the news, Hey, stop covering these things or don't give this person attention because you know it's we've decided that deserves attention right yeah no i agree i do think that especially in the wake of all these all of all these shootings i do think that it's like yeah if we really just 
every single day report on the shoot, which is, I, I don't know. I'm not saying we shouldn't either, but I think like every single day, if we are reporting, I think it does have that effect for sure. I, I guess I probably also agree on some level that people are kind, although I don't know. I'm a pessimist. I think it depends on the day, but just to take you at your word, you know, it's like, sure. I think every, you know, uh, more people are kind than not kind, but you know, there's the famous saying, all that's required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I think we've seen quite a few kind people doing nothing the past 10 plus years. And that's also the kind of reason why things have devolved so far, you know, and I don't know, I, Rick Caruso is, uh, you know, a looming Trumpian threat in in LA elections right now. He's gunning for mayor. We have this weird primary system where if uh, one candidate gets more than 50% of the vote, uh, they just win outright. There's no kind of uh, general election uh, between the two candidates. Um, and also, like primaries and special elections and stuff are generally underattended compared to general elections and midterms are also in general, you know, less attended. And so, you know, it, it seems like it's at, at least a real possibility, a real threat that he could just somehow, you know, win, um, off the backs of, you know, weird MAGA Beverly Hills idiots. Um, in this in this primary and not have to run in the general at all which would be really bad because he's this trumpian nightmare um he's he used to be like a police guy he got fired for some shit. uh he's also just like a billionaire uh like developer he owns americana brand which is a mall uh shitty mall uh, you know whatever uh i don't like it um, I was always a Glendale Galleria guy myself, you know, I'm sure this will be very resonant. I'm, you know, these folks out in Connecticut are like, yeah, Glendale Galleria. That's my that shit. It's a nice mall. It, I yeah, I love it. I just Americana this parking's hard. It's like, it's all spread out. I, I get lost. It's just, there's a train, you know, it's, it's just, there's too much going on. Again, gallery, normal ass mall. Give me, you know, give me the gallery. I'll take that. But he's a piece of shit. Um, he's, he, he really is running on the Trump playbook. The only thing is he is registered as a Democrat at the moment. I'm sure he's, you know, a Republican and has been for most of his life until trying to enter California politics. Cause a lot of Republicans run as uh, Democrats in California, especially the more liberal areas. It's, it's very common, but uh, pro cop pro gun, uh, He's, he's running as pro-abortion, but he's been anti-abortion and gave like hundreds of thousands of dollars to, uh, you know, anti-abortion groups. Really bad. Uh, very bad. The, the only, you know, silver lining is, uh, no, there's no silver lining. <laughs> no, the only silver lining is that mayors don't actually have that much power, power in LA. Like the city council is a much more powerful governing body. But if Trump showed us anything, you know, you can really do a lot with what little power or, you know, nominal power that, you know, people perceive you to have. So I wouldn't uh, expect that to stop him at any stretch. Um, so and then the other thing is just Paul, uh, like famous people like Carrie Perry just recently endorsed Rick Caruso and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow did as well. And it's like, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm too I, I think of myself as a pessimist, but I must be an optimist. Because I really thought that Trump would have been made, you know, rich people with the time to fucking, you know, research or send their assistants to research or whatever the fuck, you know, I thought they would have at least a bit of like a slightly more enlightened view on politics moving forward because they would have been like, wow, Trump really sucked. I thought it was going to be fine and it actually sucked shit. So maybe I won't just, you know, phone it in 
maybe I'll do like the slightest bit of, of due diligence uh, before making moves. But who knows? I mean, I'm sure he's bribing these people to get these endorsements anyway. It's a nightmare. It is not good. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know that I'm confident, but I think he won't get the 50% threshold in the primary. If he does, you know, like I said, he just wins. But I think it's possible that he doesn't get it. Um, but who knows? Because if if as many people are tuned out as Katy Perry, you know, he probably will win. And, uh, you know, it's not safe betting on people being not fucking idiots. That's a lot of negatives. It's a safe bet that a person's going to be a fucking idiot. That's what I mean to say. Um, but, yeah. <sighs> Let's have a minute of silence. <laughs> no, okay. Uh okay. What's your deal, Kevin? What's your deal, huh? I my deal? I I don't know. I mean, you got me thinking though of like, you know, there's a lot that goes on in the world that I dislike. There's a lot in the world that you dislike. I I feel like though that quite often I just feel powerless to do anything about the things I don't like. And you know, there's there's the line from the movie, what is it, Slacker, that, you know, withdrawal and disgust is not the same as apathy. Right. And to an outsider, it might look like you or I are, are not doing anything about things. But at the same time, we may have just reached our point of, wow, this is just a terrible situation. And there's literally like there's no button I can push that's going to make any meaningful change whatsoever. So I'm just going to back off from my own mental health and let somebody else deal with it. And I think maybe that's kind of what happened with Trump. And that's what happened with some other politicians as well, is that just, you know, there was just so much going on and the, the level of craziness and just absolute chaos that was happening during the election cycles became the point that it was just discussed from a lot of people and no amount of, of doing anything was going to change it. So a lot of us just sort of stepped back and went, whoa, I'm, I'm not touching this. And I think that's how we've ended up in some situations that we're in right now. Do, do you feel that way? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you follow misinformation, if you understand dictatorships, fascism, you know, if you understand Putin, which a lot of people don't study Putin and don't know what he's been up to. Uh, I don't I think, you know, I talked about this a lot, but I really don't think people understand like the true depths of like what Russia is doing. It's really bad. Um, and it has been for years. Like Putin's whole thing was he like there is a, a terrible crime uh, and, and just like the, the oligarchs just could disappear people and kill people and take their properties and just absolutely had the run of society. And Putin came in and was like, hey, you guys answer to me. I'm the mob boss. Give me 10% or whatever the fuck. And you can keep doing whatever. And like that was his like opening move was like, I am the mob boss of Russia. I am going to cheat elections and uh, kill people and do whatever it takes. Um, but I don't think people know that. I think they're just like, oh, bad president. It's like, it's no, it's, it's way different. Um, but you know part of what he did is with the strategy of flood the zone like that's the point of disinformation isn't just to tell people truth uh falsehoods or truth it's not you know their their goal isn't just to say like oh this kid is uh, there's there's cat boxes being put in children's schools because a kid identifies as a cat which is like anti-trans propaganda that they're putting out it's not just to convince people like oh they're putting cat boxes in schools it's to be like what the fuck? I'm changing the channel. And that is like, it is to saturate the market with so much shit that it's like, no, this isn't healthy. I am going to withdraw. I'm going to stop paying attention because it's like, I don't want to fucking sort through all the layers of, of shit. Like it's a nightmare. And it, you know, 
I think I, I love patterns. I love being smart. I love trying to like notice stuff and think like figure things out, problem solving, practical problem solving. And so like I, you know, I kind of dig into a lot of this stuff. And uh, when I find connections and stuff, I feel smart. So I think like there's something about me that 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 makes me kind of want to dig into this stuff, even though it's like really bad and off putting. But I think that's me. Like, I don't think that's normal. I think the average person has that like walk away reaction. And, you know, speaking of walk away, there was uh, uh, in during the 2016 election, there was a campaign called the walk away campaign that was promoted by Republicans as an attempt. It was like uh, AstroTurf trying to convince Democrats to walk away way to not vote in the in the election and i you know i don't think that was i don't think that campaign specifically did it but it's like that is their goal they want to just tell you to walk away like it's not you can't do anything about it it's fine you know your life will go on don't worry about it and that's that's an intentional ploy like i like i agree that that's happening it's just it's not happening accidentally it's happening because people want that effect and are trying to create that effect in in the world and it's like like i said it's a, it's in the fascism playbook playbook I'm, I'm pretty sure hitler did shit like that too certainly in soviet russia they did that but obviously in modern day russia they have a lot of you know they have the the ira right the internet research agency or something um that's like the disinformation wing of the of the russian government like it's it's something they put a lot of money into and they're not even they don't even have to be secret about it we could be like yeah this is our disinformation campaign it's it's our arm of the government that does this we have that and it doesn't you know it doesn't even it doesn't inoculate us against it to know like oh i wonder if this is that group that's job it is to do this it's like oh wow did you hear the news they're putting cat cat boxes in kids uh schools speaking of kids ohio uh i don't think it's passed into law just yet but ohio's uh congress just passed a law uh to to uh it's like a it's a trans ban on on women's on girls sports and it means that they're so fucking crazy crazy it means that if anyone is accused of being a trans woman uh trans girl i don't know um as opposed to you know biologically a, a woman or a female a girl in in kids sports they have to submit themselves to a health inspection by a doctor where the doctor, uh, you know, looks at their <laughs> vagina, their genitalia and inserts their hand into it to feel around for ovaries like like fuck. OK, so so that's rape. That's sexual assault. This is a law that mandates the sexual assault of anyone who is accused of being trans and full knowing full well. You could just say that you don't have to have evidence. There doesn't have to be any any, you know, backlash on you for doing it. You could just accuse any girl of of being trans and then they either have to quit sports or they have to willingly get raped by a doctor, which is just fucking insane. And that's just like that's what it's it's evil. It's just pure evil. And I just like and it comes from like these propaganda campaigns that are that are ginned up and they call it a culture war but it's not a culture war it's you know human rights under assault you know we they're already uh trying to take away abortion i keep thinking that like they already did but it's just they announced that they were gonna like they haven't actually made that decision yet which is a weird you know i'm not not to make it make light of it or anything but it's just it's all so fucked. it's like really really bad and it's just like it hurts so many people you know i don't know i feel like i had a train of thought that, that i lost it's just it's horrifying it's just horrifying and you know i agree that there's not a lot of things we can do the problem is it's just complicated and no one has really made it easier 
And I don't think there is an easy solution. I think everyone wants an app. They want like a place to plug in online and they want like simple answers, but it's like, you really have to go and join in-person groups and just start doing a thing, whether that's a political movement, activism, mutual aid or whatever, uh, you know, campaigning, uh, you know, door knocking, that sort of thing. Like those are the things that actually get results. But not only is that a hard pill to swallow, but it's also like, but where is that? How do I find that? You know, like, I really think that that's something that we need to spend a lot more effort on. You know, maybe that'll be our thing, Kevin. We could join the group that tries to do that. Like, it's just, it's just getting people who are sitting in their chairs to know where to go with like, because if you, if I wanted to, for instance, do something, do anything like I would pick a group and I would, you know, try and contact that troop or I would try and find out where that group gathers or something, you know, but you'd have to pick a group. And that means you have to know a group. And so it's like, I think that first step is like the hardest step for a lot of people. Like once you go to an in-person meeting, probably it start the barriers start coming down. It becomes a lot easier to see yourself in the situation and stuff. But like, how do you know what group? How do you know that there are groups? Like there's, there's someone, in my discord uh the patreon discord the good discord i like to call it um i don't insult i i don't like to insult other discords that's never something i've ever done um but i like my discord they're the good discord um there's a person in it that like i really would love to find a mutual aid group that i could hook them up with because i think you know i, I don't know i think they could you know the mutual aid group would want to help uh the person's situation but i don't know how to find something like that <sighs> I don't even know where to Google like, but like that could be, there could be an answer there, you know, like, you know, there's an every town gun control kind of website, you know, every town USA or whatever, you know, there could be like, you know, the first step or your first step or something, you know, that's a website that people know that's what it is. And it's, it's just kind of like a yellow pages or something for like actual good groups, um, you know, and then you can help yourself get connected. I think, you know, the pitfall there is you don't want to get it gamified or hackable. And also you don't want to create a database that someone could abuse, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like a list of targets to, you know, one of these many mass shooters that are, that are everywhere now, you know? So it's like, I, I'd want to protect people and stuff, but I think like, I think that's a huge part of the problem. And obviously I don't think that solves the problem because the biggest problem is inertia is knowing that you're going to take a risk, spend some effort trying to do something um, and understand that it may well fail. You know, it, I think it's just really hard to figure out. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I know there's a, a group that deals with homeless outreach called SELA in LA, but I don't know of any group that does that in Burbank. So it's like, oh, should I be involved in Burbank where I live? Should I go to LA and be involved in LA where there's arguably a bigger homeless population, you know, and a bigger, uh, a lot more people that need help. Like, it's just, that's a, that's kind of my issue. Like, you know, like I, I and that's not, that's not going to be solved by a website. Like I could, I could find answers and stuff, but I don't know. I think that's a big part of the problem. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's a silver bullet or anything. I just think that that's, that's one of, you know, any stumbling block is going to make people say like, eh, let's just watch Morbius, you know? Um, I don't know. <sighs> not feeling good. Not feeling good. Uh, getting ranty today. What's up, Kevin? What, what, what have you been up to? You have a life update? Let's see. Life update. Really? No, I've just been working a lot. Uh, the weather's finally turning nice here in Chicago. I don't feel like I have to be in the house. So I've been like venturing outside a little bit. 
Um, but yeah. really, that's that's been about it. Have, have you gotten up anything this week? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think I did very much. Like I said, I was really bummed. I was really depressed. And I stayed in the house a lot. Gas was fucking expensive. I, you guys hear about this? I'm feeling the pinch of the pump. I'm finally feeling the pinch of the pump. Um, you know, I don't really have a job. Uh, my Patreon is my only source of income that right now is about, you know, enough to pay for my rent and that's it. You know, so I'm still losing money. I'm in the negative, uh, you know, which I'm not complaining about. I'm not, I'm not in dire straits or anything, but you know as a person who is not making money and is losing money it's like well you know you should really start to think about stuff and so my main joy in life which is not good it's bad for the environment whatever go fuck yourself is driving around and it's like i don't feel like i can drive around like i used to it's, it's a bummer like anytime i'm driving i'm like uh probably just go back home you know like i, I don't i don't do what I, I used to do and it's just not good. I don't know. I haven't been exercising. That's part of why I'm feeling bad. I bet it's just you know you need that the oxytocin or what I don't know what the fuck you call it. You get endorphins from exercising, you guys. It helps you feel better if you feel like shit. I know it's sad to admit, but that's the reality. What a bummer that uh, when you're depressed, you don't want to do fucking anything. <laughs> and then it turns out the answer is to move. Is physical exercise uncomfortable? Physical exercise. You exercise much, Kevin? No, I was actually about to say that. Like, I know everyone says you get this like endorphin rush after some level of exercise over enough runners of time. high. I I've never felt that in my life ever. I, there's something yeah, wrong I, with me. I've gotten runners high, but I'm more just talking about if you exercise even semi regularly, even just walking, you know, as opposed to just like driving anywhere or whatever. It just does level you out. Same with eating healthier. Like if if I'm not eat, if I'm eating healthy, I just feel mentally more good. Like I don't know, I don't know like what the causation is there, but this is well documented. It's not like it's not exactly the runners high thing. It's just that um, you know I crash much harder. I have lower lows when I'm not exercising or being healthy in any way. Whereas I, if I am, I just am tending to kind of be able to handle, handle stress more healthfully, stuff like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm envious because I've, I've never had that. Like I've, I've tried eating perfectly. I've tried doing cleanses. I've tried special diets. I've tried little bits of exercise. I've tried large amounts of exercise. I feel absolutely no change at all. So I might as well just sit here and do what I want, you know? Well, you're not, you know, you're not particularly unhealthy. You know, look at you, you're vibrant, you're glowing. Thank you. Uh, uh, I don't know that most people would call me that, but yeah, thank you. Um, I'm just saying, no. like, I don't think you don't, you're not, you know, you're not like a big fat guy like I am, you know? that that's that's part of it like uh you know just even if you're not eating super healthily you you, you you cook though like even just eating like your own cooked stuff is real foods it's better than like eating fast food this is what i always eat like constantly it sucks another st thing i should stop but you know i don't know whatever it's hard to cook it turns out i mean i've been making hummus you ever make hummus i actually just did a few weeks ago and somehow put like 10 times the amount of salt in you're supposed to so it was completely ruined and I, I've just not been able to bring myself to try again now. Yeah, that's rough, buddy. Yeah, I've made hummus twice now. It's fucking good, man. I bought hummus and it sucks shit, but uh, I made it and it's so good. What, I made what flavoring have you like? Do you like garlic or what? What do you add yeah. to? It? So I, I I made a sandwich for my sandwich contest on the Patreon. On the Patreon, we're also doing a pie contest. The pie contest is almost over. Uh, get in now if you want to join the pie contest. The winner gets. <laughs> 
Oh, that was such a weird audio glitch. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I, I made a sandwich in our last contest. And for the sandwich, I got pepperoncinis and I got um, roasted red peppers. And so for the hummus, I just tossed in a couple pepperoncinis. I tossed in a roasted red pepper. And boy, howdy, is it great. Like, oh, and also I do like two not like measuring spoons but we got these little spoons that Callie uses to scoop uh like minced garlic because she buys minced garlic as opposed to fresh and so i just like a couple spoons of that in there so it's kind of like garlicky it's got a half a lemon in it you know for a nice zip the the pepperoncinis also add acidity and spice and then the, the red peppers have that kind of more of a roasty kind of charred vegetable quality really really good and it's it's pretty easy to make all you need is a blender basically um and yeah and it's i mean i'm sure it's not super healthy it's like tahini and uh olive oil and stuff so it's like a lot of fat but it's uh unsaturated fats i think i don't know um but you talked a lot good, about man. the science behind food and cooking and things like that like where did you pick this up from like did you watch good eats and and sciencey cooking shows or is this all self-taught or like what, what's your backstory there i don't know man i just i you know i just when i was a kid my parents called me the sponge because i just absorb information like it's hard to even know where it all comes from but yeah i love good eats as a kid i watched a lot of food network growing up um but i think more recently like uh samin nosrat has the book and uh like salt fat acid heat and she did a podcast for a little while and just understanding the kind of dynamics of flavor and stuff i think goes a long way but but yeah serious eats uh you know kenji lopez alt i don't i'm not like a big fan of serious eats but um I mean, not, I am a big fan, but I just, I haven't checked out too much of it, but he gets pretty deep into the science and, and I, there's another DC Pearson had this podcast. Uh, I remember what it was called. Uh, he started it during the pandemic and, um, they just talked about food. And I think he talked to Kenji Lewis has all, and he might've talked to someone else, but in that episode, they just went really deep on like food science. And I feel like it was something like that. Like just one thing where people went really deep on food science and it just, the whole thing, just almost all of it stuck with me. And like, and I can't even like summon the exact knowledge. I'm, I'm more, another thing I like to say is I'm more of a vibes guy. Like I learn all this information, I absorb it, but I lose a lot of like, detail and in and like specification and i retain the kind of general vibe the idea of the thing and so like i think i just retain a lot of that part of the science you know like acid does this water does this salt does this to me the maillard reaction or the maillard reaction i don't know stuff like that and i think once you know this kind of scientific basis you can extrapolate a lot of how cooking does what like what what happens with cooking and it's just been and i don't know also when i cook i i approach it scientifically like i don't just cook to eat like every day of my life you know i'm not like cooking because it's like oh otherwise i won't have dinner when, when i'm at my when i'm having fun what i do is i like have a recipe that i want to learn and i'll get enough stuff to make like two or three versions of the recipe or like two or three iterations and they'll just make it and i'll be like uh nah that doesn't really work and then like i'll try something else and then you know usually by the second or third time i'll like land on like no this is this is how you do it okay now i get it now i understand you know this is why you don't melt the butter you know this is why you do this here and sometimes i make modifications for the recipes sometimes i combine different recipes you know online you can find you know 20 versions of the same basic recipe and i just kind of 
look at all of them and see like, yeah, it definitely seems like sour cream is important for this dish, but you know, they differ on the white pepper or whatever, you know, and I kind of just kind of mush them together and, and make some sort of middle ground. And that's usually what I like. Um, and it works, you know, so it's just like, I think my approach to cooking is just kind of like this experimental, try and understand what works, what doesn't and what's happening. Um, you know, I don't know. But. You you mentioned that you know you listen to some cooking podcasts and things like that. I used to be the the most crazy podcast listener. Like basically, from the moment I got out of bed and sat down at my desk until at night, I was listening to podcasts. I mean, everything. Um, that's how I started listening to Harmontown originally. That's how I started doing all these things. But then the moment I started working on Harmontown, like professionally. I completely lost interest in every other podcast and even Harmontown. Like I, I didn't listen to podcasts at all anymore. Do you find your listening and like uh, just overall interests have changed since you became a, a content creator and on podcasts and things like that? Is, is your listening changed at all? I, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I will say that I usually just drive. My podcasting is like a function of driving. And lately, especially with the gas and stuff, I haven't been driving as much and I'm like falling behind on my podcasts and stuff. And, um, and yeah, it's like, I try to listen to podcasts at home and it just doesn't work. It doesn't matter if they're headphones. It doesn't matter if I have like a speaker or just blasting it on my phone or whatever. It's just like, I just can't tune in. But like when I'm, when I'm driving, you know, I think your attention is a bit focused. And so it's easier to, to figure that out. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but I've always been like, ever since I started listening to podcasts, I started listening to podcasts when I was really depressed. They really got me out of my head. I have this problem with, you know, like, uh, like inner demons for lack of a better term, a lot of negative self-talk, negative voices in, in my head. That makes me sound crazy, but you know, like my inner monologue is really exceedingly negative. It's just like a, you know, we talked about it a bit on, on the last episode, but it's just like a torrent of, of self-hatred and stuff. And one of the only things I can do to get out of that is to tune, like is to focus on other things. Like when I was a kid, I would like be on the internet and watching TV and playing like Game Boy Advance all at the same time. Like it would have three separate because that's what it would take to like actually crush out that that those voices, you know, if it was one thing, I would be doing the one thing and hating myself the whole time, you know, but listening to podcasts is maybe one of the only things that when I'm focused on it, it does take that away. Uh, but not, it's also not completely like definitely I'll listen to podcasts. I'm like, what a piece of shit. You're such a piece of shit. I hope you die. You know, just, just the worst shit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, there's this, I just had a quick story. Uh, we, we got some food to try, but, uh, yeah, a quick story. Uh, I was driving around, uh, the other night, I want to say it was like Sunday night, maybe Monday night. I don't know, but I was driving around. Uh, I've been, I've been in the past. I would go south from where I live, go kind of like more into LA and stuff, the outskirts, go to Griffith Park. But someone got hit on their bike and died um, in Griffith Park uh, because you know there's not protected bike lanes. Uh, people go really fast. Um, I go really fast, but. You know, I try to pay attention, but they've, they, you know, so there's like a memorial put up on the side of the road where the person got hit and then they put inside, uh, like speed limit signs, you know, like the speed limit trackers they are like, you're going too fast. And, um, it just really like, it's really sad. So it's like, I, I try to always go the speed limit now just because I'm like, it just bums me out seeing all these reminders that, you know, someone died. Um, 
but you know no one else does but since since then i like have avoided griffith park and stuff which is used to like used to be where i I drove around the most and stuff but so i've been going north instead into like sun valley and i was driving at like midnight and um just like just right uh, like maybe 30 feet away from me there was like an explosion like pow but like a pop kind of explosion kind of closer to a firework like an m80 or something but bigger way bigger and it was also in the air and there was also a bright light so like you know about 50 feet away again maybe like 50 feet up in the air at night just this white flash big explosion boom like echoing um and then i was like wait a second when i was at home I also heard these explosions like randomly all the time. And, you know, just the yet last night, in fact, I heard about 12, 20 of them. And so it's like this, it's this thing I've heard. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Is it construction? I don't know. And then, you know, then I'm driving around and then it happens right next to me. And it was like above this kind of warehousey area, this fenced, fenced property. I don't know what it was, but it was like an industrial park kind of uh, area. And so then I'm, I drive for another minute and I'm like, I had to turn around. I gotta go see what the fuck that was. And then like I go back and then right in about the same exact place, it happens again. And this time I catch like a, a better glimpse of it, just not a light. I actually see it kind of looks like a uh, a street light or something, like a singular point of light, but off in the sky, you know, again, uh, less than a hundred feet in the air and then pow. And I'm like, what is this? It was like midnight. It, it, it doesn't it didn't look like a firework or at least not a normal firework because it didn't have a display it was just a white light that dissipated immediately upon popping you know and i'm like what the fuck is this but at the same time i'm like this is what i've been hearing for years now and it was just really weird um and then i passed a cop who was like just kind of like uh idling in the middle of a in a like side street and i was like maybe i should ask him like if he knows what that was because he would have been there and heard it and uh then i was like nah he's gonna kill me <laughs> and then i left and then he stood the cop started following me and who knows what would have happened he probably would have finished the job but uh anyway this is a random story i don't have a lot to say but that was one of the things that i had to say i mean you apparently i do have a lot to say uh no um at first i was like i don't know sometimes like um landfills have some sort of projectiles that they launch to kind of scare away seagulls and stuff and sometimes those explode like like they're supposed to explode sometimes they pop to emit a loud noise to scare away the seagulls and i was like maybe it's something like that but it, like again it was industrial it wasn't like a landfill it was like in a warehouse and then i was like is it like people setting off fireworks but then why would they do it constantly like if this was a prank they just are doing this for literally over a year and like in and now that i know where it is it's like definitely where i was hearing it was coming from that general direction i don't know if it's in the same spot but so yeah i just i have no idea um i i I, now that i know i think i'm gonna go try and cruise around there more and see if i can like zoom in on a little bit we need to stake that out and just record video constantly yeah you know i always wanted to be a, a, a a private eye um i'm too big too uh conspicuous like it's important to kind of blend in to be a private eye because you do a lot of stakeouts and you don't want to be noticeable if someone's like wow is that the same guy sitting in the car outside my house the past three days like you know that's not good and i am am i am kind of recognizable you know i'm a big fat guy with a crazy beard and hairstyle someone recognized me through my mask uh when i was at 7-eleven 
um they were like are you spencer and uh or no first they were like is your name spencer and i was like yeah that's me he was like are you spencer and i was like oh no, that's what I meant. Yeah, no, I'm that person. Yes. And then they're like, Oh, my God. It's like, wow, you're the first person who recognized me through a mask, which you know, I'm not in public very often. So it was just you know, I was just surprised because I don't think obviously I cut a profile, but you know, I don't think my eyes are like my distinguishing factor. So it was a bit of a surprise. But uh, yeah, we got to stake it out. I'll figure it out. Like I said, I am going to go cruise around. I want to I want to actually catch it in the act and maybe get it on film or something just to just to have it like it just seems like something to do. Uh, but, you know, we try food on this podcast, Kevin. We and do. boy, howdy, do I have a Tumblr post for you? There's a Tumblr post where someone said if you combined Gatorade, lime cucumber, also known as limon pepino oh they changed it to lime cucumber and pepino limon they used to call it limon pepino which i always just thought sounded funny like limon pepino like i don't know it's just like a great a great phrase but pepino limon doesn't hit the same thing but lime cucumber great uh, gatorade if you combine that with mike's harder cranberry you get a flavor that is like no flavor apparently that's what the tumblr post said and i was like oh my god kevin we gotta try this um kevin also I've been, sent me some I've been more crazy sodas for the last oh, week you are? Since, since spencer mentioned this because i i researched this a little bit more and there are a lot of posts of people just saying like this the flavor of whatever this is when you mix these two flavors together will break your brain right it'll break your brain so you might witness a total <laughs> disintegration of sanity uh before you i got this may be my... the last episode of this podcast if, if this <laughs> is real I hope so. I, you know, it's, I like doing the podcast, but I'm depressed. And so now I don't want to do anything for the rest of my life until, you know, I get better. Sometimes I wonder if I'm bipolar. I got some bipolar blood in, in my family. So, you know, I don't, know. I don't think I am. I don't think I'm bipolar. I'd be more bipolar if I was like, I'm not hitting, like, I mostly stay just depressed the whole time. I don't, I don't really feel like it gets super manic. Uh, but, but I got my immersion blender cup measuring cup because it said to do half and half i don't know if they were really measuring or whatever but i want to actually you know get the proportions right so i'm going to go six ounces and six ounces what about you kevin i'm just eyeballing it right now but i'm i'm doing it right now i just poured it and somehow okay so i mixed the two together and it's still the same color as the cranberry like i don't think the the green affected it whatsoever so we've got for those listening sure. mike's harder cranberry which is kind of a reddish color and the cucumber lime gatorade which is a green but you mix them together it's still cranberry colored yeah so there's a lot of yellow in the in the green and red is more of an intense flavor in terms of what you call it subtractive color um but i'm gonna put in the the lemonade or i guess it's cranberry first so i can like mix up the cranberry with the the, i don't know that's some pseudoscience bullshit but smelling it, about it, it does it, it smell just like nothing? Smells like cucumber, right? Well, that's the thing is cucumber is such this like scent note, like it, it has a flavor, but it's it's more of like a scent kind of flavor in my mind, like you know cucumber, because it's it's like this cooling kind of watery, uh, yeah, cooling. I think is a good description for it. Definitely, people say refreshing. Mine looks even darker and redder than yours. Um, so all right you go all first right. okay i'm gonna go first i'm going first talk talk them through it talk talk right. us through it so spencer's like looking at the glass i'm gonna actually like it's a, it. a magic potion 
It is. I'm swizzling it with a swizzle stick, okay. which is an untwisted twist tie. <laughs> so just like McGonagall used to do or Snape, I guess, whatever. All right. All right. So he's, he's tasting it now. He looks deep in thought, a little confused, a little angry, maybe. Yeah. So you get the metal, the metallic taste, which I associate with cranberry has a bit of a metallic taste. You get the alcohol. Um, and <laughs> what's weird is I, I, I feel like this is maybe like a, an illusion or something because I am actually getting both sides of it. Like they are muted and kind of muddled. And so you don't get it too much, but I'm somehow getting meaty notes, like kind of like a meaty kind of umami flavor somehow. It's got to be like my brain just getting mixed up or something. You want to try it? Yeah. Me. All right. He's giving a nice little sippy. I mean, I find it very pleasant. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that, that if I tasted this, I, it would have been remarkable enough for me to make a Tumblr post about it. Um, yeah, we we were texting that we half expected it to just be nothing to write home about. I think, yeah, no, I I think it's just, yeah, it's this meaty. It To me, it's like it tastes like blood or something. You know, maybe send us to Dr. Michael Morbius, I think, you know, but it does like the the cranberry and the metallic and then the kind of salt of the gatorade i think kind of makes it taste more like a bodily fluid of some sort rather than like any recognizable discernible combination of flavors but you do get both sides of it i think you know and yeah and like you said i don't know that i write a tumblr post but this is what separates us from you know people that are online man i go on TikTok all the time people are just saying the dumbest shit, and it's like you really you really think this is like, and, and it's not like they're wrong because they're getting engagement and stuff, but it's like, this isn't worth saying. Like why you, you just made a video of you just in your room, being like, yeah, and it's like, but who cares? Why did you think that was worth doing? Like, I don't know. You know, that's why I'm a failure. And these people are successes because they just have this like, oh yeah, no, I, I I'm good. But I mean, I guess I have that too. I said, I have a podcast and I don't fucking do anything for God's sake. But you know, I don't know. It just, to me, it just is like, what, what makes you so special? Not, not even that. It's just like, why do you think this is worth spending time on? I don't know. I wish I had that though. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I kind of feel like we got scammed a little bit. I mean, this is, it is unusual. I'm not going to say it's, it's not a little weird. But it's no more weird than just picking two random things from a liquor store and mixing them together. I think it is this kind of bottle. It, it, it tastes like ball sweat or something. Like there's there's this weird organic kind of kind of yeah kind of wrong flavor to it. You know, the Tumblr post called it the flavor, and and I feel like it, it was very unclear at the time what they meant by that. But I think it's like it's like yeah, it tastes like human or something like i don't know and it it doesn't but it's i think it's the electrolytes and then the cucumber lime and then the metallic notes that just kind of combine to create this uh yeah this kind of what do you call it i don't know you want to try these separately though yeah sure let's let's see if, if how, they, how they feel on their own let's try that let's try hard cranberry first so i can wash it down okay spencer's tasting it Hmm. Oh, he looks very unhappy with this. Oh, it's alcohol. I forgot. I keep forgetting these alcoholic drinks contain alcohol. I don't think it's bad, but the alcohol makes it bad. You know, it's just 
I don't know. What do you think? You you yeah, consume I, reg- that would have been a good fizzy cranberry drink if it didn't have the alcohol in it. Yeah, like the flavor is there, and you know I've had Mark's, Mike's Hard Lemonade. I think it's good. Um, you know, as as far as like those those beverages go, I, I haven't tried the other flavors, but I figure they're f- probably fine. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not bad, but I don't like alcohol, you guys. And this is eight percent alcohol. That's that's not a, that's like more. I guess it's harder as opposed to hard, right? But that seems like higher than you know. I don't know. It's I'm a so very big can for it being that strong. Yeah, yeah. I used to drink Steel Reserve. Talking about fucking horrible. Just the worst fucking. Do you ever have Steel Reserve? I don't think I ever have. No. All so right. if it's that horrible, why why were you drinking it? Because you just drink to get fucked up, and I didn't try other beers. So like like kind of the two beers that I ever had were like Steel Reserve, which my friends also drank it. So that was part of it, just because like oh I'll just get what they're getting, and um, also uh, Miller High Life and. Miller High Life was definitely way better, but I don't know. I guess I like the can maybe of the Steel Reserve, but yeah. Kevin's going for the Limon Pepino. What do you think? It it's very cucumbery, and it's not that I dislike cucumber. I just I, there's something weird about my tongue in that if you put one cucumber on a sandwich, that's all I taste is cucumber. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that I dislike it. It's just it's very overpowering for me. And this just it tastes incredibly strongly like cucumber. Like yeah, it it tastes like I'm sucking on cucumber right now, but it, that's kind of what it says it's going to be. Yeah, I don't really taste the lime notes, but I'm sure they're there. Yeah, there's some subtle lemon, but or some subtle citrus kind of note. Yeah, but for sure the the cucumber is a lot more present. I think it's a lot more present than it used to be too. Maybe that's why it's lime cucumber and not cucumber lime. I don't know. You got a you got any sound cues for us? yeah i think i do here so you know as i was about to launch into one of my famous rants this one's about the true threat to all of society that you need to uh be aware of otherwise you will fall prey you know of course i'm talking about the purple people eaters uh the one-eyed one-armed one-armed one-horned i'm so fucking drunk you guys jesus christ we gotta not drink alcohol on the show anymore I I'm feel not like so that drunk, does to but... us what the soda was doing to Jeff. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. We're on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like I'm turning red. No, I'm, I mean, I'm overstating it for sure. But it is like I am, you know, it's not every day that I drink alcohol. I forget what it's even like. And this is what it's like. Anyway, one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eaters. They sure look strange to me. Kevin's just not going to find this, I don't think. Um, it, it's gone. I don't know why it's not here. It's gone. You know, it's not like yeah, it's not like any of this matters anyway. You know, it's not going to make it a good show. Um, but I'm still pissed. So that's our show, everybody. Uh, what what do we got? Uh. I don't know you guys i would say follow me on patreon but it's like it doesn't even matter i don't think no one cares about the patreon every month i'm like oh i gotta do something that'll make the fans happy and then like i can't tell if anyone's watching it i can't tell if anyone likes any of the stuff i get the sense that i could do literally nothing and the needle and no one would stop you know i just it's it's uh, it's not like i'm not appreciate oh my god 
It's not like I'm not appreciative. It's just like I just I, I don't know. I want to I want to deliver on expectations and I have no idea what the expectations are. So please let me know what to expect. And that's the show. What about you, Kevin? You got anything? Um, if you're watching us live, stick around for the best channel 101 and then real life sci-fi at 715 Pacific, 1015 Eastern with Jonah Ray as our guest tonight. And if you're not watching this live, come join us every Sunday night on the evil discord at shrobhomevideo.com. Watch all these shows live. Talk about Spencer where he can't see you and come back next week. Just know I have spies. It's not the evil discord. It's the bad discord, but I do have spies and I, I it will filter back to me somehow. Um, but yeah, Jonah Ray, man, we should get him on the show sometime. That we sounds should. like great. And as always, we like to end the show the same way every time. And so as we always say, I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs>